0: Alright guys, well, I am back from hunting, and this is just kind of a short intro into my Thoughts While Hunting episode before I let you guys have at it. Um, it's pretty random. It uh, covers, you know, my trip into the woods and drive back and different, actually big life-changing kind of events that happened uh, during the week. It's kind of long, and as I said, very random. There's lots of one-minute little sections here or there. So, pardon the pauses in between um, when it switches segments, and hopefully you guys enjoy. So, without further ado, here is Thoughts While I Was Hunting. Hello, welcome to another episode of Thoughts While I Drive to Work, or should I say Thoughts While Out Hunting. Today's the first day hunting, and I'm out here on the ridge looking for moose with my son, Jimmy. Say hello, Jimmy. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yeah, don't don't say hello, Jimmy. You're you're Jimmy, so just say hi. <laughs> hi. Um, and I thought right off the bat, this is a story Jimmy's never heard either, so we can hear what he has to think of it. And um, this happened to me on um, let's see, what day is it today? Three days ago, when I went moose hunting with a friend out on in his property. So I'm gonna share this story with you guys. You guys can tell me what you think happened. Um, shoot me an email, thoughts while I drive to work at gmail.com, all one word, no spaces, no caps. I apologize if the wind in the background makes it hard to hear. We're on top of a ridge. We're looking for moose. So, I was with my buddy. We were out moose hunting about half a mile in the deep woods from his house. You listening, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay. Mm. About half a mile. And I was doing some calling, and I'd called in a, a cow moose. What's a cow moose, Jimmy? A bull no a cow moose is a what moose it's a girl moose oh yeah okay bull moose is a boy moose so i called in this cow moose and she's about 20 yards to our left but um she was over there she wasn't really bothering us and we were set up in a good spot so i really didn't want to move we're there for about five minutes she's over there eating i'm not really worried about her and then she starts pawing the ground and snorting and rearing up, and she's got her ears straight back. And, but not at us. Remember, she's 20 yards to our left. We're pretty much um, horizontal with her. But she's pointed forward. She's snarling and growling and snorting and has her ears pulled back about something that's ahead of her. And then... And then, from about 20 yards ahead of her, came this, this noise and I'm going to try to do it, but it's a noise I have never heard in the woods in my entire life. My buddy had never heard of it, heard it in the woods his entire life, but it went it went like this. It went whoop, whoop, <clears throat> And uh, now I was doing it quiet because again, we're me and Jimmy right here looking for moose, but it was so loud it hurt my ears. The woods were so thick, I couldn't see what made that noise in front of the moose. But whatever it was, like the moose instantly went like docile. Like went down on all fours. Ears were down. Like this moose was terrified. And my buddy looks at me and he goes, what in the world was that? I'm like, I have no idea what that was. I've never heard that before in my life. And again, I'm not doing justice to the noise, to the, how loud it was. You know, but then, this is the weird thing. As if the call itself wasn't weird enough. Like 20 yards further left, something answered it. It didn't make the whooping noise. It just answered it and went, um, It was a different tone. And, you know, talking to my buddy afterwards, we both said that it was—it had to have been a different creature, animal, something. And the moose was so terrified that there were two of these things out there decided that me and my buddy were the lesser threat. And charged straight at us, not to attack us, just to get away. Like, I could have reached out and touched this moose. It came at us so close just to get away from whatever these these creatures, animals, whatever, were. My buddy looks at me and I look at him and he goes, I really think we need to follow that moose and get out of here. I'm like, I, I really do too. Um, so that's the first of the Thoughts While Hunting uh, stories. Um, no idea what that was. And so when we got back to my buddy's house... Um, his wife was standing on the porch and she goes, That was you guys making that noise out in the woods, right? I said, we sort of like, no, it wasn't. And she was about half a mile away. That's how loud it was that she heard it too. Um, we were like 20 yards away from whatever this thing was, and it was it was deafening. It was ear, ear deafening, ear ear piercing. It was it was crazy. No idea what it was. Never heard anything like it before. Neither have my buddy or his wife or anyone that I've attempted to recreate the noise for. Um, that and like whatever it was, there were two of them and they called to each other, which I mean, predators, I mean, wolves hunt that way and they're predators. But this was not a wolf. I've been around a lot of wolves. I've heard a lot of wolves in the in the wild. This was not a wolf. This was not a coyote. This was not a bear because bears like go. Hoo, hoo, but this went whoop whoop and then that weird guttural scream um no idea what that was so not a bear and but like something answered it so there was more than one of them out there and i don't know what other kind of creature hunts in like a group or a pack i'm not not gonna say pack but a group there because there were two of them so i don't really know don't know what it was but it was definitely interesting um jimmy what do you think it was uh well at first i thought it was a bear But then you told me the sound, so I didn't know. And it might have been two more people hunting, just trying to call another animal. No, I thought maybe it was two other people too, Jimmy. But this was so loud, I couldn't make a noise that loud, even if I tried. Whoa. Yeah. And I... And, yeah, I don't think a human was capable of making that kind of noise, um, that, why would a human be out there screaming at a moose? Why would two humans be out there screaming at a moose? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that doesn't make sense to me. Um, especially cause like after that, me and my buddy talked and then we, we left and we would have thought that like, you know, if there were another group of hunters that heard us talking, they might've said something. What do you think, Jimmy? Oh, now I think it, I think it might've been Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Like a girl and a boy because they both made different sounds. Or maybe just two boys, or two girls. Yeah, you think it was Bigfoot, huh? That looks like a muskox, but yeah, I think it's Bigfoot. <laughs> Wait, you see a muskox out there? No, it just—it just it does look It's just like a tree that looks like one. Its head. Okay, but you don't see a muskox out there. Yeah, it's. I was just like Is muskox. It's getting excited place? for a second. Muskox. It's what's for dinner. Um, we're talking about what we're seeing ahead of us, not what we think the animal was. But Jimmy thinks it was Bigfoot. Yeah, <laughs> Bigfoot. Okay, guys. Well. More than Mothman, though. Mothman? <laughs> Maybe. What are you talking about, <laughs> Mothman? All right, guys. He's encrypted. He is encrypted. You're right. All right, guys. I will talk to you later. Um, I'll record more episode or more segments for this thoughts while hunting as the weekend progresses or the week progresses. Thanks. All right, guys. Just another random thought while hunting. This is a very common biblical fallacy that is always one of my pet peeves, and I thought I would just address right now because it's on my mind. And that is, where did Cain get his wife? As you know, um, Adam and Eve were the first man, the first woman. Um, The Bible clearly states many places they are the father of the father and mother, or that Eve is the mother of all generations, and Adam was the first man. So, if When Cain murders his brother, Abel, and then gets banished, and then like in the very next verse, it says that then Cain knew his wife and had all these offspring, and later on he even built a city. Well, how is this possible? If at the only time we have Adam, Eve, um, Cain, and Abel, and well, Abel's dead. So I'm going to throw you out some theories here that are pretty common. Um, One of the first ones is that there is some pre-ademic meaning before Adam, race in the world, not mentioned in the Bible, that Cain marries into. Well, first of all, that's stupid. Uh, Because again, the Bible clearly states that Adam and Eve, that's it. Um, There is no mention of this pre ademic race and the idea is just, there's no no biblical point for it, no historical point for it, there's no evidence for it whatsoever. It's just made up to try to explain something away. The other theory is that Cain married into a race of demons, that his wife that he met on earth was a demon and he had children through her. Okay. Again, we have problems with this. First of all, because as we know, um, demons are fallen angels. And as we have shown in scripture in previous episodes is that angels can't reproduce. Angels aren't made like us. They're not designed like us. They have no need to reproduce because they're beings that live forever. So the idea that Cain married a demon and fathered a whole race um, after this is, it it doesn't, it doesn't pan out. It really, really doesn't. Okay. What does pan out though? So hear me out here. Okay, Adam lives for 930 years. At no point in the Bible are we told when Cain slews Abel, slew Abel, killed Abel. I'm going to use real words. When Cain killed Abel, at no point are we told when Cain married his wife or had a family. At no point are we told when Cain built this city. So if we look on average, you know, your average person back then could easily have gotten married and fathered two or three children by the time they're 18. Very easily to conceive that. And then take that math further and further out. Adam lived 930 years. So say Cain didn't kill Abel until Adam's, you know, like 500. Say Cain's, you know, like 300, 400. Cain could even be 500 years old when he kills Abel and then gets banished. At that point there could have already have been thousands of people on the earth. If we take into a fact that, again, by age 18, these people could have two or three children, that's only 18 years old. That's in 100 years, you could span five generations right there. So if Cain is already 400, 500 years old, that is already quite potentially 20 generations of people, ergo, again, thousands of people on earth. So, yeah. Easily, Cain could pick up a wife somewhere, a human wife, not a demon wife, not a pre ademic wife. And again, we're not told when he builds a city. We don't know how old Cain lives. We know he obviously dies before the flood. Easy. Um, But could he have lived as long as Adam? Oh, easily. You know, we know how long Adam lived. We know how long Seth lived. These guys were top in 900 years. There's no reason to think that Cain didn't either. And so again, we don't know when he he killed Abel. We don't know when he took his wife. We don't know when he built his city. So it's very easy that he could just pick up a wife from one of these thousands of people that were easily on the earth. Um, and that's easy math. You know, there weren't birth control back then. There wasn't any of these other things. There's no reason to think that these people that would get married would only have one or two children. They probably had a lot more. You know, you could easily you could easily think they had seven or eight, which could take the population from thousands to millions over the course of nine hundred years, really, really easily. So yeah, Cain just picked up a wife out of there. No reason to overthink it. No reason to make it weird. Um, again, the Bible has the answer. Just don't, don't miss the forest for the trees, or think too much into things, trying to get spirituality and mysticism out of things that it just easily isn't there. Okay. All right, guys. I'll see you again when I have another random thought while I'm hunting. Bye. Oh, another thing, guys. So right before I went on my camping trip, I found out that I was actually being promoted um, at Jiu-Jitsu. I've been getting my blue belt, which is a pretty big accomplishment for me. I'm, I'm really excited to be getting my blue belt. I only bring this up because it probably will play a factor into later episodes here. So when you get promoted, you go through testing, which I've done. And then you have to do something known as shark tank, where you go in and you fight every single person at the gym, which at our gym can be around 40, 50 people. Um, And so our shark tank was taking place during my hunting trip. So my coach did tell me that I could sneak in on a later one, but he didn't know when that would be. And also this shark tank is with all the guys that I've been Training with for the past three or four years, all my friends were all getting promoted together. So I decided I really couldn't miss this. It's also on September 11th, so there's some cool implications there. So I decided I would drive back for my shark tank. Um, so, well, it's about eight hours from where I'm hunting back to where I live. So I will be driving back, shark tanking, sleeping for about three or four hours, then driving back up to where I hunt and so I just figured I'd let you guys know that because I'll record something when I'm done shark tanking after fighting 50 people with no break whatsoever and uh yeah you guys can see how that went so look forward to that and uh, I look forward to doing it thanks bye well guys we're still out here hunting it's early in the morning and it's foggy and well, I guess what I have to say to you this morning is getting old sneaks up on you. Had my favorite breakfast this morning of hunting spam and bagel sandwich. Really good. But man, it's indigestion like crazy. When did I get so old? You turn 30 and your whole body starts to fall apart. It's basically what I've decided. You know, I can't eat spicy foods right before bed. Can't uh, eat whatever I want anymore. Living on Tums. I don't know. Comes up on you quick. Can't even have a beer after dinner or I'm up all night with acid reflux. Comes on you quick, guys. Comes on you quick. I guess that's the important of just a good diet. You know, like I'm out here in the woods right now and I would kill for a piece of fresh fruit. A honey crisp apple or something just just sounds amazing, but uh, the stuff doesn't really keep in the woods, so that's all. All right, guys, for a minute here, we're going to talk about vampires. I realize my thoughts have gotten pretty random out here, but hear me out. I'm not talking about the sparkly hollywood type vampires and i'm not talking about the mystic or supernatural type vampires what i'm talking about is occult rituals or demonic rituals um, that involve the drinking of human blood and how they are the exact opposition to christ's sacrifice and that's why I truly believe that most vampir- vampirism or vampiristic type um, um, sacrifices or um, rituals come from um, a demonic place. So let me start out with 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 Jesus. Jesus sheds his blood to give everyone else life. Jesus. And dies on the cross to give the entire world that does not deserve it, salvation. He literally sheds his blood for uh, people that hate him um, and want to kill him because he loves them. Okay, Satanistic rituals that involve the drinking of blood, or what I'll call just vampirism, whatever, is the drinking of someone else's blood, sacrificing them to make yourself stronger out of selfishness, out of cruelty, out of um, a desire to improve yourself by hurting someone else. And so it is the exact opposition, the exact um, perverted side of what Christ did for us. And when we take communion, we are remembering what Christ did for us in the shedding of his blood. And in satanic rituals, when they drank blood, they are, again, perverting that remembrance of what Christ did for us in a way that they are trying to gain strength and power for themselves by hurting someone else. And that's why I think, like, because you can't just say, oh, you know, vampires aren't real. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, turning into a bat, flying around, um you know, what Bram Stoker would say is a vampire, but you can't say that this sort of behavior isn't real because it's in every culture for the last, you know, a thousand years. So there's something to it. So where does that come from? And I do believe it comes from some sort of um, demonic cults or satanic rituals where people are, again, trying to gain the strength of others or trying to gain some kind of mystic, all-knowing um, presence or supernatural abilities by perverting what Christ did for us selflessly and through love. And it's probably with, you know, some some demonic um, intent. You know, I'm sure there are some demonic forces at at play that are influencing this type of behavior in the way that it, it is very obviously a perversion of what Christ did. I feel the only way I can see how that can be, you know, so directly in opposition of what our Lord and Savior did is through demonic influence. So, just some thoughts for you guys. And, you know, like, we even, I mean, unfortunately, we see this today still in the ritualistic drinking of blood when they break up like satanic cults, when they break up even like, I'm sorry, Epstein's Island, um, you know, they found a lot of evidence that they were killing and drinking the blood of, of children there. And so this still goes on today, um, unfortunately. And if you want to look at, again, you know, do vampires still exist? And again, at this point, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are ritualistically sacrificing others in a perverted sense of what Christ did for us and drinking the blood of innocence to try to selfish selfishly get something for themselves and this has to come from Satan this has to come from some sort of demonic again, um, influence so there you go that's uh, yeah just another random thought thanks I just want it known right now that I do not right now nor have I ever enjoyed the movie E.T. I also don't like Avatar But for completely different reasons. E.T., first of all, he's just this creepy little worm that trespasses and inflicts himself on this unsuspecting family and puts them in peril with the government. And he's creepy and his finger glows and he corrupts the mind of the youth in the movie. It's the only movie where I'm actively, actively rooting for the government is E.T. In the movie I, I just I want them to capture him, take him somewhere, and just neutralize him. That's why. I don't like E.T. Avatar. Why I think Avatar is stupid. Avatar is Pocahontas. The movie Avatar is the exact same movie as Pocahontas. It's the exact same plot. He just Ripped off a classic Disney movie. That's it. And I don't understand why people think it's so great. I didn't see the sequel. Mainly because I just... Didn't want to know what other classic Disney movie... They were going to rip off. For that one. Um, Yeah. Some other movies that are the exact same. Clint Eastwood's Grand Torino. And Disney Pixar's Up. Same exact movie. Um, Yeah. But I digress. Really, I just wanted to let you all know that uh, I don't like the movie E.T., and that's not bound to change um, anytime soon. That's all. So I'm in town, and I just thought, some of you might not understand, why, why would I drive seven hours on my vacation to come down and get beat up by 60 people? Only then to just sleep for about six hours and then drive seven hours back. Well, you may or may not understand, but this is something I've been working towards for four years. It's kind of the equivalency of um, an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree in something. You know, I've put in as much work of studying, of drilling, of class time as someone with that kind of degree type. And so with that being said, would you miss your graduation? Would you miss getting your diploma? Would you miss seeing it through? Especially when you had the opportunity to see it through with the people that have been working towards the same goal as you for X number of years. Those are the reasons why it's worth it to me. Why it was worth it to me to drive seven hours um, out of my way, to pay that extra gas money, to, to make that step. Anyways, I'll record after it's done. I'll let you guys know how it was. Well, guys, I'm uh, done with Shark Tank. A lot of feelings, a lot of emotions right now. I don't quite quite know how to um, articulate all of them, per se. Um, It was, let me try here. First of all, yeah, it was hard. It was very hard. I don't even know how many people I fought. There was probably 70 people there. I don't even know how many I fought. I assume all of them. I have no idea. The second either I would win or they would win, there would just be another one on top of you. No break whatsoever. And I don't... I don't know. It was... It was like it was... Jiu-Jitsu in its purest form. I guess let me articulate on that. What I mean by that is it was like I didn't have time to think about what I wanted to do. I didn't have time to worry about what they were going to do. I just I just did jiu I just fought. I didn't worry about winning or losing. I just concentrated on fighting. That's all I did. And it was... Kind of serene at a certain moments where like I didn't even know who I was fighting. these are people I've known for over four years, and I can tell you there were times I had no idea who they were, no idea, it didn't matter. It was just where's their arms, where's their legs, What are they doing? What am I doing? blah blah blah, blah. just counter attack, attack, counter, counter, counter attack, attack, counter, counter, no idea who they were. If you were to ask me to name the people I, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you maybe ten of them, no idea. But it was just, and there were times I was, I was physically exhausted, but, you know, I always catch caught a second wind. I always caught another, another breath. I always caught a, a something, you know? And, um, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was different. It was, uh, it was incredible. It was amazing. Um, I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world, Um, Maybe some of you out there can understand why driving eight hours just to get beat up by 60 people and then drive eight hours back on no sleep is worth it. i do it again tomorrow. Um, Hands down worth it. Probably one of the... uh, Probably one of the things I'm most proud of in my life that I've accomplished. So really... Consistency is key, guys. Don't ever let someone tell you 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 can't do something just because you don't have the time to do it. I don't have a lot of time to do jujitsu. I don't. But I consistently make it in at least one day a week. And you know what? Yeah, it took me four years to get my blue belt. Most people, it takes two to three. But you know what? I have it. And that's more than all the people who've never even tried could say. Yeah. alright guys well that's uh, that I'm sure I'll have more for you as I drive back up for hunting and uh, continue the hunting trip Um, thank you love you guys it's 5am been on the road for about two and a half hours (coughs) tell you what driving eight hours fighting a bunch of people sleeping for four hours and driving eight hours back is uh, proving to be a little rough tell you what though ran into an interesting situation just south of the uh, Seward Anchorage T there came up on a uh, what you call it a construction site with a flagger and so I stopped you know just doing my thing I pulled out and, you know, pulled across the line, was going, one lane of traffic, and um, I come around the corner and I'm face-to-face with an 18-wheeler who the other side of the road construction had also let go, and so I nearly swerved and got out of the way because for some reason this 18-wheeler must have been going at least 45 miles an hour or so through um, construction, Um, hit a cone, had half of mine, turn around and go back and tell the flagger, he almost killed me. But I didn't. Anyways, that's what I got at the moment. Just trying to keep driving here. Um we're probably gonna reach back the hunting area here in another I'm going to pull over to the side of the road and try to take a nap. I'm going to pull over to the side of the road and try to take a nap. I do have to point out, though, that uh, last time I was driving long distance by myself, pulled over on the side of the road to take a nap, I ended up going toe-to-toe with a serial killer for the next four hours. So right now I have 100% batting average on that happening when it comes to road napping which is not the best odds in my opinion. So, I'm going to chance it. <laughs> I'm tired. At this point, it's a safety thing I, I need to pull over. So, yeah. Hopefully, uh, or you know what? I might just spice things up if something does happen. So, really, at this point, I'm good either way. All right. I'm gonna talk to you guys later. All right, guys. It's actually the day after when I was driving back. So I obviously did not get um, killed by a serial killer after I took my nap on the side of the road. Um, Probably a good thing. I do want to share with you guys uh, two other stories of very odd things that happened um, on my drive back. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, when um, I start telling stories and stuff, they all go, does all this stuff really happen to you? Because it seems like well, at least if you've heard my podcast, that a lot of odd things um, happen to me. I've I've been asked about it quite a few times. And all I can say is, is that, yes, a lot of odd things happen to me. But I truly believe it's because I look for them. And that's not to mean that I'm looking for trouble or I'm looking for things. I'm just very aware of my surroundings. And when I see things that are odd, I usually kind of explore them. And so I think a lot of things like the stories I've told would happen to everyone if they just interacted with their surroundings a little bit more and were a little bit more observant and weren't so... I'm a very outgoing person and so a lot of things that happen if you stories and if you listen to my stories is because I make that first step. I notice something and then I make that first step and then after that is where we get uh, the story in most cases. Um, oddly enough, in these two cases, that's not the case. And these two stories, sorry, that's not the case. Um, these just kind of stumbled upon them, but, uh, they're kind of funny. So the first one, um, I had gotten home from shark tank, um, pretty late and I was tired. I was tired, but physically I was, I was jacked up. You know, I was still, my body was still going a million miles, um, an hour. And so it took me till about 1230 to fall asleep my alarm went off at 3 for me to drive back to uh, Glenallen. And so I made it to the gas station at about 3.30, wanted to fill up. And I was sitting outside, you know, just filling up the tank, when uh, an elderly gentleman sauntered up to me. You know, 3.30 in the morning, it wasn't that unusual, I didn't really care. And I was exhausted, guys. Or else my typical witty manner might not have... um, been as on point as it was at this moment, meaning it wasn't on point at all, but he saunters up to me and he says, uh, Hey buddy, you got any smokes? And I still don't know why this was my reply. Other than the fact that I was exhausted. I looked at him and I said, sure. Don't do you have any smokes? Now, obviously if he had any smokes, he would not be asking me for smokes. Disclaimer, I don't smoke. But I don't know why my instant retort was to be like, no, I don't. Do you have any? And so he just looks at me. And this is one of those cases where he's looking at me like I'm an idiot. And in this story, I am the idiot. (laughs) And so I said, no, do you have any smokes? And he just looks at me, kind of opens his mouth. And he goes, he just mumbles, what are you, an idiot? (laughs) Which is funny because I was. And then he just saunters off. And I thought like... (laughs) Yeah, I really was an idiot there. I was just exhausted. Um, yeah, no, I was, I, was, I was a dingus. Second story, um, I'd stopped to get a few little more fuel and some snacks uh, north of Palmer in this little kind of uh, dinky tesoro gas station that like looks like it was built out of someone's house in the 80s. Um, pretty, Pretty ghetto. And I went in to use the restroom. And in this restroom, there's a urinal and there's a stall. And the stall pretty much faces the door that you walk in to use to use the bathroom. And so I open the door, immediately looking in at the stall. And there's this huge fat guy sitting on the toilet in the stall, just taking a dump. The door is just wide open on the stall, and I'm holding the door open to the bathroom. So now he's looking out at the entire gas station. I'm looking in at him. He's looking at me. We've made eye contact. And he just looks at me, real kind of exasperated look on his face, puts a hand in the air and goes, yeah. And you know what? That's all he really had to say. I looked him back right in the eyes and I said, shrugging my shoulders. And I went, yep. Walked on by him and uh, used the urinal. Now I was curious. I'm a tall guy. And so I was able to see, you know, above the stall, because normal stall walls aren't um, very tall. And I thought maybe he just had the door open. No, turns out there just wasn't a door. The door had been taken off or was broken. I don't, I don't really know. And so obviously um, this guy had to poop so badly that uh, he decided just to use it without, the, uh, <laughs> without a door. <laughs> Hence why I think he had an exasperated, yeah, like, hey, what, what are you going to do, man? I got to... I got to do my business. And so, (laughs) which, you know, hey, you got to go, you got to go. So that didn't really, that didn't really bother me. Um, Okay. So yeah, that's, that's what I got for you this time. Bye. All right. Well, fine. We're going to be a tad controversial for the moment. And you know me, I really don't shy away from issues. Um, Nor my prejudice by any means. I guess if I had to pick something, is that I just hate it when there are, people are hypocritical, or there is injustice happening, or people refuse to see the facts, um, and use that to base an entire argument off of. So here's an argument. Um, we're gonna to touch on a couple of different things here, but I really hate it when people say that America was stolen from Native American tribes, or Native American tribes say that the white man stole their land. Let's get something very straight here. America was not stolen. We did not steal the land. We just, I'm just using that as just Americans, whatever. They did not steal the land from the Native Americans. They conquered them. As a conquered people, you don't get rights. We didn't come in and in the middle of the night steal all the land right from underneath American, uh, Native American tribes. That's not what happened. They fought them. They killed them. They conquered them. You look at any other war, because, you know, there are plenty of wars involving Native Americans. um, Tons. Look at any war in the history of, I don't know, the world. When a people wanted someone else's land, they came in and took it, usually wiped them out, and then inhabited it. So, in reality, they kind of got a better end. They were not wiped out. Could they have been wiped out by the settlers and the you know, people in America. Yes, yes, they could have. They could have been completely wiped out. And in any other land-conquering type occupation, that's what would have happened. So the land was not stolen from them. A war was fought. They were beaten. They were conquered as a people. Um, and then, I mean, there you go. <laughs> if any land was was stolen, it was from anybody. It's the Native Americans in Alaska. There was no war fought there. Russia just claimed the land. The Native Americans in Alaska didn't even know that Russia had claimed the land. And then Russian, Russia sold it to the United States. Again, really without the natives here knowing anything about it or having much of a say in it. And the natives here actually treated very well with the native corporations and the schools and the things they get. They get a huge amount of money every month, like a ridiculous amount. That's why most of them can afford not, not to work. Um, but so if flame was stolen from anybody, it was stolen from the Eskimos and in Alaska. But for the majority of the Native American tribes in the lower 48, again, what we call the continental US, they were conquered. It was a battle. They lost. That's what happens to a conquered people. Most of the time they get wiped out, but in the case of the Native American Indian, they, they don't. That's why you don't hear Any other people group saying, our land was stolen, blah, blah, blah. That's because the people that conquered them killed them. There's no one left to complain. You know, 100 years later, 200 years, 300 years, 400, 500 years later, there's no one left to complain. The only reason people are complaining about it still today is because the pilgrims and everyone else who came here and conquered America let them live. And that's not to say I'm against native Americans. I'm, I'm not, I'm against, um, fallacy in facts to try to garner some sort of, uh, privilege or some sort of like helplessness. No, at this point we're, we're all Americans. You know, there were a ton of people that were, you know, have been, um, degraded by society over the years. And it doesn't matter what people group you're part of. It matters what you do in your life. I don't care if your land was stolen from you or from people 500 years ago. Get over it. Do something. What have you done today other than try to get, garner sympathy because of your skin color? Um, <clears throat> and again, I'm not racist. I'm just telling the truth. I'm for people working hard. It's like people don't like, to, people don't like to face the fact that there were actually more slaves from Ireland than there ever were from Africa America. we don't talk about that. Do you know why we don't talk about it? Because the Irish got over it and made something of themselves. People in America hated the Irish. Do they anymore? No, because they stopped making a big deal about themselves, got to work, and just became Americans. So not so for other people groups, but again, you got to look at where the actual facts are. What are you trying to get out of it? Like, I'm sorry if something happened to your people group two or three hundred years ago. That doesn't mean you, born 20 years ago, deserve anything. You're an American. Make something of yourself. Stop looking for a handout from literally everyone. And this, this includes everyone. I don't care what race, ethnicity you are. We're all Americans. Stop looking for a handout. Do something for your own freaking self. Okay? We conquered this land. Sorry. It's ours now. It's yours. It's yours for the taking. There are so many opportunities, but people want things for free. They want them on a silver platter. And that's just not the way it works. You're only going to get sympathy and handouts for so long, and you're going to you start retraining your own brain that you deserve these things. You don't deserve anything. You know, the Bible says that you deserve death, suffering, eternal damnation. That's what you deserve. That is all you are entitled to in this life, that is it. That is what you deserve, okay? Through Christ Jesus, our savior, giving of himself on the cross, that if we accept him, we don't have to pay a punishment for that sin. Awesome, cool, now we can be saved. That doesn't mean you're done though. There's still other things you're supposed to do. You know, as, as Christians, you know, we see a lot of Christians that are saved and they never progress beyond spiritual milk into a good old steak. You know, keep moving forward. Make something of yourself. I don't care what happened to your ancestors two, three hundred years ago. You shouldn't either. What have you done today? What have you done to earn it? You know? There you go. There's me being controversial. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the point, you know, like just speak truth and let's have a discussion, a conversation without everyone getting angry at each other. You know, you can be successful regardless of what you look like, what your gender is, what, what your race is. It's all about what you do. Quit looking about how other people think of you or how you think they think of you or what other people, you know, think that you're worth. You decide what you're worth. You decide what you're capable of. Go out and prove them all wrong. You're not proving anybody wrong by sitting and whining and posting on Facebook. So stop it. Okay, peace out. So apparently, with the uh, recent hurricane in Florida, there's a large number of flamingos that either migrated or fled the tornado, or however you want to put it all up the East Coast, some as far as Kentucky, North Carolina. So my question is, flamingos are pink, everybody knows that, but they're only pink because of the shrimp they eat that turned them that color. Now the shrimp live in places like Florida. These shrimp do not live in places like Kentucky. So my question is, over time, they will, of course, become white again. White flamingos, um, white is their actual color. And is again, the shrimp that makes them pink. So my question is, is whatever their new food source is in Kentucky, will it change them a different color? I don't know. Only time will tell. This is one of those questions that I feel like science has failed me in the year 2023 that we don't know the answer to this question. Has nobody experimented with this? I don't know, but in the words of Jurassic Park, life finds a way.